just last night, I was lost in the jungle with Pitfall Harry, surrounded by giant scorpions and man-eating crocodiles. Well, Harry and I just grabbed the van, swung through the trees, and over the tar pits and found the jungle treasure. It was really neat. Are we starting? <laughs> I guess so. Hello, motherfuckers. It's been a it's been a while since we've done this, but this is the Seth Atari podcast. I am your host, Seth Atari, and joined always, as always, by my co-host, Alyssa Flavored. Hello, and thank you for tuning in again. Um, we're back from our hiatus, moving moving things around. Yeah, well, our hiatus happened sooner than I thought. We have three more episodes before season one is over. And I wanted the hiatus to happen after season one. But anyway, why don't you explain a little bit of uh, why our hiatus began sooner than we expected? Um, Well, we moved. We moved recording studios. (laughs) We moved recording studios to um, a much, much quieter recording studio recording studio (laughs) and now that we've done that um our recording studio is a lot snazzier than it used to be it's like its own room there's no bed there's no came with built-in shelves perfect for the amiibos that's what they're being the amiibos have a home now Oh, yeah, the collections, All too. of the shit that I've gathered over the course of my miserable... Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't do this. The life I've chosen, it's all behind me to haunt me as I do, as I live with the choices I've made. Um, yeah. So, I sorry, I should have... I, 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 I did a post on Instagram explaining a while ago that I was going to go on a hiatus after season one and i never kind of explained that it happened sooner because we've been so busy with everything and uh my full-time job that is my second job because this is my first job Um, (laughs) imagine someone from work finding this but you know i don't live for that job but that job helps me live oh you know exactly you know it gives me the money. And then, then I could take that money and I could put it all into, not savings, <laughs> into this beautiful podcast. Like um, That's how it should be. Like the little, little things I have to buy, don't have to buy, but I choose to buy so that my guests get fully inversed. Inversed? Mm. Is that the word? Invested? Invested is no, one of No, what's the word? Inversed? No, oh, it's I, what the fuck. It's on the tip of my tongue. Submerged is that yeah, the word? Submerged yes. into what yeah. we're talking about today, like what we're talking about today, which is uh, E.T. the video game and Pitfall. Also, the video game. The video game for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Now, this is probably going to be the only Atari Twenty Six Hundred episode that we're gonna do, unless you guys send out an email saying, "Hey." talk about another Atari 2600 game because there's a lot of them. But I chose these ones because I feel Pitfall is the height of the, the peak Atari 2600. It's honestly and fun. E.T. is the lowest point. So <laughs> the high point and the low point. Hmm. Everybody, yeah, everybody knows the story of E.T. But we're going to get into it. 
But if you don't, yes, we'll explain that to you. Anyways, messy intros aside, um, (laughs) what should we do? What segment should we pull out? I think we should focus on. I think what you've been playing. Oh, okay. I think what you've been playing. So I just want to know what you've been playing since the hiatus. So what you've been what you what you what you've been playing? Mm, Okay. Well, what I've been playing is some Minecraft, but I've also been playing Mario Kart. Um, they added the new some new stages and some new characters. <clears throat> yeah, who are those characters? So those characters are gonna be one of them is the Wiggler, that Wiggler guy, which I love. And um, he gets he turns all red and like hot and steamy, mad like Sounds in like the video Wiggler games. Sounds like another Wiggler I know. <laughs> um, Go ahead. <laughs> Forced me to talk after you said that. Um, and then there's Kamek, that one like wizard koopa that like changes the levels and like new super mario bros we and other games um and then there's pd piranha right pd piranha yeah pd piranha who was first debuted in mario sunshine yep and then there's also one more there's one more character well they added birdo the last wave oh that's right okay so the one right before this one they added birdo which was awesome and then um was it just those three characters yep so oh, birdo comes more. back from mario kart yeah. okay. we was the last time birdo was in kart uh pd piranha from double dash which was a long time ago uh kamek never was in a mainline so i want to talk about that for a second kamek <laughs> was almost in mario kart 64 but was ultimately replaced by i believe donkey kong maybe wario Mm. but i think donkey kong um there are like early screenshots of him being on the playable player select screen um then he was almost in mario kart 8 for the wii u there's Mm. evidence of his icon um in the code that would have been cool But ultimately, he never got a playable main Mario Kart appearance until Mario Kart Tour, if you count that one, the mobile one, which had a lot of different characters in it. So I don't really count that one. But yeah, now he's now he's in a game. Interesting, because isn't he mm, is he one of the main Koopas? Like, I know he's not one of like the the Koopalines. He is. I don't know if it's actually canon in the movie, but. The, he's always been the right hand advisor to bowser he's been bowser's mm-hmm. caretaker in yoshi's island games and he's been the main antagonist of the yoshi's island games. so he's been a very important character to the extended mario cast so, of games wait so you think kamek made bowser bad then since like he was the one that like raised him up possibly i mean it would make sense because kamek it's like a warlock type deal. Yeah. And, you know, he's into dark magic. And then he adopts a Koopa and raises him. And eventually hmm. that Koopa has an army, you know, kind of yeah. deal. And kind of, yeah. That's really I would interesting. Say so. I never even thought about that before. And he's also in the Yoshi's Island games like a spoiled brat. So he's like inclined oh. to be Bowser, baby Bowser. And he's, right. So he's inclined to be... Um, kind of misbehave sort of so yeah i would think that would make sense that's cool kamek origins origins we don't really know kamek's origins we just know bowser's origins 
That'd be interesting to delve into. You know, there's a lot of Mario lore out there, believe it or not, from these side games and Yoshi's Island. And Yoshi's Island hasn't really had a uh, main game in a long time. So those were really fun games, too. Maybe Nintendo could uh, get on that, you know? That would be, I think everyone would buy that for sure. Because, yeah, it's been Add a little, Add a little story to it, like... Maybe we don't need baby Mario and baby Luigi. Maybe we could go further back. Mm. Baby Bowser. Maybe the Yoshis help baby Bowser before he ultimately, you know, gets found by the Kamiks. Like, let's see. Oh, that would be an interesting, like a what if sort of game. Or maybe they could redo Partners in Time, which was a game that dealt with the past that the babies appeared in. And we could get to know a little bit more about, you know, baby Mario, baby peach and baby donkey kong and baby bowser and baby wario and all the babies yeah that is definitely something that has not been explained enough (laughs) you know i'm just thinking about right now Hmm. baby rosalina is a character in mario kart right and she's like i know where you're getting at she's got the princess crown and she's got the lumas and stuff but in the mario galaxy games she was like yeah, the story Not said that she, yeah. When she became the, like, leader of the Lumas. She only looked like that when she, like, got lost and, like, kind of grew yeah, up Yeah, when the Lumas bit. adopted her or whatever their weird relationship is where she kind of became the ruler of them. Yeah, she But she looked look like, like she was about maybe, baby. like, eight years old or, or older, like, between, like, eight and 12-ish. Mm-hmm. Not a baby when she became, I guess, Princess Rosalina. Hmm. Yeah, that is kind of, I mean... I guess, yeah, Peach and Daisy were always princesses. Right, Peach. And Mario and Luigi look, just look the same like babies, though. <laughs> that is true. That seems like a continuity error, actually. Yeah. Unless it's Definitely just is. like, oh, well, it's a game, so whatever. They're no. going to like it. <laughs> no, we don't think like that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what I've been playing, thanks for asking. Uh, what I've been playing, what I've been playing, what I've been playing. What have you been playing? In our new recording studio, uh, <laughs> I hooked up my GameCube so that these um, children that come in and out of my house every once in a while, my recording studio every once in a while, could play Donkey Konga because <laughs> no. I really wanted to play Donkey Konga. Nephews and and siblings, friends and all that are obsessed. They want to come in here. Like the first thing when they see the house, they want to see the game room. Yeah. And this is the it. recording studio, not the game room. And uh, they, they, they've been playing our Donkey Konga, and uh, they wanted to play the other games, but uh, they couldn't because uh, I broke the GameCube controller. <laughs> How did <laughs> that I'm happen? I'm exposing myself right now. How did now. that happen? So this never happens to me. I'm, I'm gonna. I can vouch for that. It, never ever. It's never happened. I've never once raged to the point where I broke something that i spent all my money on but i Uh, was playing super smash brothers melee (laughs) and i was doing the events and i was doing one of the harder events i can't remember which one exactly but i got so mad i didn't throw my controller or anything i just grabbed it and just kind of (laughs) pushed on it as hard as i can and it broke this sounds like you it didn't physically break or anything i like it looks fine. Like, here, hold on. <laughs> okay, I'll be the witness for you guys. 
Examine. Examine this controller. <laughs> okay. A little bit of old GameCube controller ASMR. Well, this L stick looks like it's got... Well, that's not the song. problem with it. Everything... Yeah, everything does seem to look okay. And I've taken it apart, too, and cleaned it, and nothing is... Oh, well, I think there actually was something wrong with it. But I think <laughs> I pushed down on, like, some circuit or wire or motherboard or whatever. I pushed down on it too hard, and it doesn't work anymore. So, like, it just doesn't read it at all. It doesn't know that it's a controller. That's yeah, probably what it would have sounded something like. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't slam it. I didn't. I just grabbed it and just kind of went like this. <sighs> and, yeah, it broke. And it's a it's an original GameCube controller, and it, it was high quality. Now I have these shitty twenty dollar ones. I bought two twenty dollar like what do you call them? Like knockoff controllers, you know, like bootleg yeah. ones. And one of them just doesn't like you press up and it goes. It like looks fine, but you push up on your thumb to go like forward, and it goes off to the side a little bit hmm. instead. That sucks. Even on the GameCube, like, main screen, I was, like, that little cube. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it, like, has the settings. So I click up on it because I want to see what's on my game cards. And instead of going up, it goes to the one that's on the right. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? And then I tried to play Sunshine. I was like, oh, yeah, this is broken. So that's a brand new controller. Where else would there be, like, some good original? Online, probably. Mm. Or in the back room of the game store that we go to. But... The clear one works good, so that's Gee, good. That so anyway, I picked out. It's a clear now purple. that I got these controllers, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to get my memory card situated because I had so many different memory cards, and I wanted everything on the sixteen megabyte or whatever it is, one, and then I was gonna have two good ones, whatever, because my four megabyte one that I had since I was a youngin, uh somehow everything got erased on it and oh, it was yeah. all gone it was like broken off the top part gaming is about experience it's not about what you have to show it's about what you did that's true so yep. even though i 100 percented that super mario sunshine uh i don't have proof of it now but I did it, and I know I did it, and uh, I'm gonna do it again. So that's what I've been playing. I've been playing the GameCube. Oh, this dude, ninety nine point nine percented Smash Bros. Brawl, right? Deletes it so he can start <laughs> that over. That was intentional. All of it. That was intentional, and that's yeah. because so you could start it's a over. New just recording because... studio, and I wanted to have the brawl experience in every home I've been in. You went a little crazy though after. Yeah, it was crazy <laughs> because normally what I do, because I have like three Wiis and a Wii U and the Wii U is what had the save file for Brawl on it. So usually I just throw Brawl into one of the other Wiis and just kind of play it a little bit from the beginning. But this time uh, when I put it in the Wii, the Wii went crazy psycho on it and it was like making these scratching noises and I was like, no. So we took it out. Mm. I was like, I'm not putting Brawl on that Wii again. I don't even know how much Brawl costs these days. So um, I put it in the Wii U and erased everything that I had on there. I only needed one challenge to do and whatever stickers left to collect. 
And, uh, and I purposely erased it because I wanted to do it all over again. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I'm psycho. <laughs> and I love that game that much. We did play through the story mode of that game. And that was actually a lot more fun than I remember. Especially now that I know like more of the characters too. It does help. Yeah, it's fun when you go back to play Smash Bros. after you've played the games. And Mm -hmm. now when you hear the soundtrack, you're like, oh, that's the song from this game. Or you're like using a move as a character and you're like, oh, they got that from that. You can finally apply those characters to like actual experiences you have. And that's why I I challenge myself to play Fire Emblem games Mm -hmm. so that I will enjoy them in Smash instead of Mm. being bitter about them. Some of those games are really bad. Some of them are really good though. <laughs> weird, what a weird, weird series. I haven't, I haven't got to play any myself. So yeah, I've been playing Brawl and various GameCube games, particularly Sunshine Melee and Donkey Konga, I guess. <laughs> and of course, our games today, E.T. and Pitfall. So I have some history on the Atari 2600. Takes sip of tea first he's got to clear his uh, <sighs> whistle what his whistle. wet my whistle yes, I the tar 2600 launched in 1977 mm. under the name atari video computer system or atari vcs and it launched with nine low resolution games that didn't see much success until 1980 when they released a home conversion of Space Invaders. So, excuse me. What that's saying is uh, they didn't do too good when they launched. You know, they released kind of low quality ports of the arcade games that they had before. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a running theme with Atari. Their games are usually, because it's the first time home conversions of arcade games has really been done. They're not really that great faithful ports, usually. Uh, um, but it didn't see success until 1980 with Space Invaders. Because people recognize Space Invaders, so they're like, oh, now I could play the arcade game without having to go to the arcade and pay quarters. So mm-hmm. they, you know, it sold well. Can you guess what their biggest selling game is, though? Bestseller. Um, it's an arcade conversion. Tell me. It's an arcade port. That's not an arcade game. <laughs> what's an arcade um, game? What's an arcade game? Just throwing out. An arcade out. game is Punch Out. What's an early arcade early, game? Okay. Um, oh, Pac-Man. Yeah. Pac-Man. It's Pac-Man. Uh, sorry. So they released <laughs> Pac-Man um, as a home conversion and we'll talk more about that later but yeah that was their bestseller <laughs> in 1980 atari released the first action adventure video game can you guess what it was called action adventure Metro. that's close oh you're gonna call it <laughs> it was called adventure oh i don't i wouldn't know that. uh that was in 1980 however in 1982 two of the most iconic atari 2600 games would release Pitfall and Atari. Dun, dun, dun. Pitfall and 
I mean, <laughs> E.T. <laughs> okay, hold on. I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to I sound was I was at, like. Okay, I was um, looking at no, the I know, cartridge. The biggest <laughs> words on big there. Words. Yeah, the biggest word on here is pitfall, and the biggest word on here is. Thank you for correcting me before uh, <laughs> no, the other people would have. <laughs> E.T. for the Atari. E.T. Too. for the Atari. Yeah, I got you. Anyways. <laughs> Pitfall was released in 1982 by Activision for the Atari 2600, and it is a platform adventure game. In this game, you play as Pitfall Harry as you seek out 32 hidden treasures. You have 20 minutes to do so, and you have to avoid rolling logs, scorpions, snakes, and pitfalls. Pitfall is Activision's first big breakout game on its own after a group of developers left Atari over differences. So Activision, who you might know as today for, you know. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I think so. And also um, Call of Duty and also um, Crash Bandicoot. Also. um, A really big name. (laughs) A really big name. In video game territory and they got their start way back when they worked for atari before Which they I was split up actually shocked about because i recognized this brand a lot activision i didn't know they went so far back me either actually until I, researching this a long time ago because we were <laughs> getting ready to do this episode a long we time ago we were supposed to do this episode a long time ago but it's okay but <laughs> You know, I had to buy the Atari 2600 and buy the games and buy all this. and The TV. Then do all that. And yeah, we're playing it on an old school TV because... That's all it takes. <laughs> we, need, we need to try to get as close to that experience as we can. Do you throw some crates under it? <laughs> yep. It's on the floor right now. Anyway. Uh, that works. Doo-doo-doo. The game received amazing reviews for its time and is one of Atari 2600's best-selling games and I put as a note, I really like the vine swinging of the game and the fart-like sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> because it's I do. true. That's exactly what it sounds like when you accidentally hit a log. And when you swing on the vine, you actually make a very pixelated, compressed Tarzan noise. No. Is it Tarzan? Yeah. Tarzan. Oh, that's you know? what it was. That's what that noise it was. Is like. Yeah. That's what he's supposed to do. Oh, that is awesome. I didn't know that's what that was supposed to be. So yeah, Activision's Pitfall. Let's talk. Let's talk how we feel about this game. Okay. You go first. I honestly think that game is really fun now that I have had more of a chance to actually play it and stuff. It's really fun. It's hard to get down at first. Yeah, it's annoying at first. But when you're swinging on a vine and you're trying to jump off the vine, you have to that was so annoying bit. yeah i was like trying to jump off you know like you press the jump button like you jump for everything else but to get off you have to like go down on with the joystick yeah, it's a little weird and uh we did not beat this game the way i guess you would have beat this game which is finding the 32 treasures i've only found two treasures yeah that's, um, <laughs> it's just a lot of time right that's now. that's not that's not what i got out of the game but Swinging on vines is fun. Jumping over the scorpions is fun. You know, when you get the treasure, it's fun. Learning that how to get across those crocodiles in the river. That is, yeah. So there's a little tricky trick where if you are standing right behind their eyes and they open their mouths, like you won't. Yeah, you don't sink into the thing. 
Yeah, and you can just keep jumping whenever their mouths are closed. Yep. Little crocagators. Crocagators and, and waters and pitfalls and ladders and scorpions and pitfall Harry. And fake, fake treasures. Wait, was that a real treasure that you went to go get? Or Oh, no, no, no. So the fire, the fire, little campfire thing we thought was like a save option. He was like, should I go? Oh, yeah. Should I save? You think it's, you know, for I saving? I maybe it was a checkpoint or maybe or checkpoint, something right. like that. And so I he went over better. there and he just, he farted and died. Yep. I did. Those logs are kind of annoying right. though. But they don't kill you, the logs. They just take away from your score a little bit. Yeah, it's, it would have to take a lot if you only died from logs. I could see how this game would be like the best thing of its time because it kind of is a really good game and it holds up by like even decades later not decades later but a decade later during mm -hmm. the nes era like if this was an nes game i'd be like yeah that's one of the nes games and it's one of the good ones you know mm -hmm. like it, it holds up very well and deserves its place as like the best original Six, uh, not 64, six, 2600 <laughs> video game. Yeah, I agree. It was, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't really played too much of a, the other games, but this is a good game. This is a really good game and it's fun. I can't remember what, we'll talk about that right now. <laughs> okay. All right, moving on from Pitfall, the high point of Atari and moving on to E.T. Oh my goodness. The oh, low point else. of Atari. Okay. This is Qbert. Yeah. We already talked about that. <laughs> I thought you had two. ET released pages. in 1982 for the Atari 2600. It was released by Atari Incorporated themselves and is an adventure. And I would, I would add like puzzly type. But anyway. yeah, it is. It is kind of like puzzly, like going back and forth and having to find things. In this game. Sorry. Guess who you control? Who do you control in this game? X, the extraterrestrial. Yep, as he searches for missing components. <laughs> yes, I had to read of his phone <laughs> to phone home. FBI agent, scientist, and Wells stand in ET's oh. way, taking away ET's collectibles, delaying his progress, and being overall inconvenient. Very inconvenient. Uh, ET also has this energy counter that decreases with every movement or running or floating or special action, etc. All Everything. the time decreases. Everything. But he can replenish his meter by finding Reese's Pieces and eating them in a specific <laughs> location. And this is why I have Reese's Pieces right here. Ooh, Reese's mm. Pieces. Uh... Also, if <laughs> Elliot will revive E.T. after losing all of his energy a few times before game over. You win the game by finding all three pieces, calling home in the assigned space, and waiting out the timer without being caught. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, high expectations by Atari to perform well, as Raiders of the Lost Ark did earlier that year. Mm. Uh, with Warshaw, 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 the game's developer, being allowed a measly five weeks 
to complete the game. That's right. Resulted That's in a mediocre and buggy game and is often cited as the worst video game of all time <laughs> and a major contributor of the video game crash of 1983 and the legend of the landfill so let's dive into all that yummy roar <laughs> that's so not fair for the guy that like only five weeks well i know it's crazy though because he took the offer to do it too he said he could so yeah we watched that but we watched still. that movie um oh yeah we were watching this the documentary mm -hmm. but let's start from the beginning okay. let's start with I should have planned this better. Let's start with E.T. the game. At the, the game itself have. before we get into the lore. <laughs> yeah, by E.T. the figuring. There's like a little grass patch he's standing on with his like radio. Yeah, it's thing. like he it's like he's standing in the spot after he collected the pieces, nervously hoping that the FBI agent doesn't come and ruin everything. That's scary. So E.T. <laughs> when you start the game, which you you they do give you the option of three different modes uh the first mode is just the hardest mode with the scientists who will come and take you away and lock you up and the fbi agent who will steal all your pieces even your reese's pieces if you have mm -hmm. those he'll steal everything from you okay. and it has those two enemies in there and Elliot, of course but then there's another option where there's just the fbi agent who will steal all your stuff away, but no scientist who will, won't kidnap you. Mm. And that's like the medium difficulty, I would say. And that's the one that I beat it on. I, I didn't beat it on the, it's way too hard. It's just, it's hard because of our, should we talk about like how it actually plays? Yeah, that's what right we're now? talking about right now. Okay, okay, I just didn't want to jump. And then the easiest difficulty is just Elliot where <laughs> no one could kill you, but that's a good way. So if you, you get your hands on E.T., and an atari for whatever weird reason if you're like a freak like me <laughs> go to the easiest difficulty freak. so you just have to go on your little atari where it says game select or something like that uh keep moving it until you get to the the little button that says three on the screen and then reset the game and that's a good way to like get down how the game works like what the spaces do what each thing right. does, how to get out of the pitfalls that you fall into, etc. Yeah, cetera. it's like, you know, practicing peacefully. <laughs> yeah, without and the... And then once you know how to do it, then you can actually focus on, like, avoiding the obstacles. And when you do that, it makes the whole experience... Okay, before... Like, let me just say, like, there is a lot of bullshit in the game. But once you learn how the game actually works... It makes it a lot better of a game than, than like what people make it out to be. It's definitely I not the worst video game. I hated it at first because <laughs> you hated it I all mean, the way through. Most of the time, I hated it, and I still kind of do. I can appreciate it from like a distance, though, just because I know what it's meant to be. But as it plays, um, <laughs> let me just say. You will fall down a hole. Yeah, talk about that. <laughs> every two steps. And then it like, it takes so, it takes the most energy to get out of the hole. And you're falling all the time. And yeah, honestly, and that sometimes is. Sometimes you just fall immediately after getting out of yes, the hole. Yes, <laughs> that's the biggest obstacle. Personally, I feel like that's the biggest obstacle is this the hidden, stupid falling The hidden wells bug. are what's stupid. 
the hidden ones that you don't even see. Oh, but. yeah. <laughs> that's just like, it's one of those games where, like, the whole screen is a room, then you go far enough to one side, and then it's the next room. And it's but, just, yeah. it's like things are hidden, but, like, you can't see that because it's just, like, some shapes and stuff. But <laughs> here's the fun part of the game, I think. So, mm-hmm. I when I got E.T. online, it came with the little manual, which I'm, I, like, it's a really cool thing to have, I think. Because yeah. you need it to know how the game the game works, right? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> so it tells you what the little symbols at the top of the screen like mean. Mm-hmm. So if there's like a question mark, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> if you use your like the Atari button on it, it'll blink on the pitfall if there's like a power piece that you need in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a little jail thing, which you could like do a little E.T. fart roar thing <laughs> and it'll scare away the enemies. Oh, yeah. You like roar and stuff, but like his neck like elongates up. Yeah. It's gross. He also looks like that when he's floating up from the holes. And then like there's a little target looking thing. That's where you could eat your Reese's PCs to get some uh, get some health. Then there's like a little guy talking and that's where you call Elliot and he'll like take pieces or Reese's pieces away from you in exchange for him like reviving you a couple extra times, you know, before you game over. Oh yeah, because they like share energy in the movie so he can like bring you yeah his energy, like comes and shares your energy when you pass away. And then there's like a little, uh, oh yeah, I watched E.T. for the first time in preparation of this video, by the way. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, there's little arrows that will move you to the next screen. And there's like a little space invader symbol. That's what you use to oh, call yeah. the ship once you have all your, your telephone pieces. And you don't see it on the screen, like where you're like walking and stuff, but the symbol will just pop up on the top right. Yeah. Whatever symbol it, it means, it'll pop up on the top right. Or top middle. Oh, okay. But yeah. Middle. Yeah. And so when, when I play the game, I look for that first so I know where it is. Then That's I go smart. look for the telephone pieces, you know. That's so smart. And then so once you, because it's in a different spot each time. Once you find that, you go back to the forest where you like start. And you go to the landing zone and you got to kind of wait there until the counter goes down. And you got to make sure you're on that space before like make sure nobody gets you while you're on that space. And if you do all that correctly, you win the game. Woohoo! But yeah, uh it was really satisfying when i beat it and it was really fun that's Um, crazy that you beat it too it's on medium i didn't beat it on the the hardest difficulty because it's just that just sounds like too much it sounds like i even tried to do it again on the medium difficulty the other day and i was just like i already did i already did this i'm not doing this again (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Uh, it's really not as bad of a game it's like if you want the experience and you're interested in it and you want to try it out i recommend that you it and my advice go on the easiest difficulty first figure out yes. what the spaces mean just to learn figure out how to play the game then go on the medium difficulty and beat it with just the guy who's trying to take your pieces away you know and mm-hmm. it'll be a challenge but do it like that don't even worry about the other one because that's just way too hard <sighs> that's it's so much and he puts you in jail he takes all of your things and then you have to go find everything again but like you know, you're constantly falling. They can't follow you into the holes, though. I guess that's a thing, but they'll be oh, waiting yeah. for you. Yeah, there are little other things that in the manual will explain it to you, <sighs> you know. Yeah. And uh, 
ways to get around all the bullshit of the game. That's crazy. But yeah, I feel like if he had more time on it, he would have been able to fix those bugs and it would have been a lot better. Yeah, let's talk about that in just a second. I need to do something real quick. Uh, uh, vamp about E.T. for a second. <coughs> okay. So E.T. the movie. <laughs> the, the movie is... Um, I love it. I love the movie. I just rewatched it with Seth um, not too long ago. And I didn't actually know that Drew Barrymore was the little the little girl in there at first. That's, so that was fun to see. Um, but yeah, it's honestly, it kind of is a little bit creepy how they just share energy all of a sudden. Like he's literally like sucking the life out of this innocent child that's just trying to help him. But me and Seth were talking about, like, what it could be, maybe. Like, they all share their energy on their home planet or something. But then, like, wouldn't they all eventually die out if they were all sharing their energies on their home planet, too, or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something about being away from his people made him drain his energy. And I don't know. I don't know. They must have special alien food where he's from, though. I guess it's not just them. I don't know. Because, yeah, he does eat. So, must be something else. Maybe all this will be explained at ET2 on Disney+. Plus. Oh, um, that's true. Go look for it. Okay, so Warshaw, the game's developer of ET, had created, I believe he created Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I think a game called Yar's Revenge, which I played the other day for the first oh, time. Right. And they're both really fun. And he was able to do it pretty fast, those games. And people liked those games and he liked putting easter eggs in his games because atari kind of started doing easter eggs for the first time Mm -hmm. you know and basically his reputation um and atari's ignorance to how much goes into creating video games is what ultimately led to him uh being requested to do it in five weeks before the holiday season I'm sorry, guys. Here, you go ahead and vamp for a second. I need to go. Yeah, turn off that I'm phone. Sorry, I thought that's what you meant to do. And that's the quick turnaround. He actually did a pretty good game, but he didn't have the time to test the bugs and, and whatnot. And I guess, you know, as the story goes, uh, Steven Spielberg himself played the game and said, yeah, I like this. And they kind of were like, oh, Steven Spielberg likes this. Everyone will like this. Hmm. And, you know, that's a bad idea from the beginning. But also, like, Activision, when they made Pitfall, they left Atari because Atari was like, I don't really care about, like, what you need as a creator, you know? I don't really care about how long you think it should take or how much you think you should be paid. Didn't he say that you just, like, package it or something like that? Atari had said, you know, before, you know, their company was bankrupt after you know (laughs) they said that the game developers are no more important than the guy who packages the games that is the stupidest thing you could ever say to somebody that you need like what the hell they didn't value people they literally make games for you and you put it out as your own you didn't do shit and the mindset of quantity over quality and shovelware you know what shovelware is? Vaguely. It's like a, when they put out a bunch of crap to just fill. Mm. Like yeah. the Nintendo like. Switch eShop is filled with shovelware. Yeah. You know, just like random shit that just 
makes it appear like there's a lot, you know, but they're really just these really bad games. Um, Atari had a lot of that. And the the big games that they did have were like E.T. where they're just like, oh, E.T. the movie's a hit. We need the game mm-hmm. to like make money during right. the holiday. And they did. They made a bunch of money on the holiday. Everyone bought E.T., played the game, and was like, this is garbage. And everyone returned the game. <laughs> That's <laughs> why they ended up with surplus E.T. games that nobody wanted. Jeez. And they actually went bankrupt, not just because of E.T., but because of various factors and shovelware titles like that. And Pac-Man, the port to, of Pac-Man actually ended up being pretty bad too. Oh, really? Yeah, because it, it wasn't as good as the arcade. Mm. You know, they didn't do a very right. good port. Aww. And a lot of those games ended up in a landfill. And uh, that's the legend that they buried all their ETs in a landfill. And they oh, actually yeah. excavated it not mm-hmm. too long ago mm-hmm. and found a lot of ETs, but not nearly as much as they said. And a lot of other yeah. Atari games and the Atari pictures, hardware. The pictures were showing like truckloads being dumped there. And it was honestly taking them a really long time to find anything. They were like, some people were doubting. There was crowds from everywhere who yeah. came to see the excavation. A lot of people that were interesting characters in that movie. But, <laughs> but Warshaw himself was there and he, he was commenting on it. And a lot of people credit him as like the the killer of atari you know and it's not really that fair that's so not fair i don't think he contributed at all to the fall of atari i think he made a game in a deadline that was unrealistic but he he delivered on that he made et yeah Mm -hmm. and he made it interesting and he and it would have been a really good game had there been more time to test the bugs yeah and to maybe even like do what they do nowadays where they have soft launches where people could test the game and like say what they like and don't like you know exactly instead of just spielberg you know i guess they didn't i don't know they weren't thinking that way they weren't thinking well yeah they weren't because it ended up causing their own bankruptcy it was their fault you know the economic crash of 1983 where video games were like nobody wanted video games in their stores because of that because people got this idea in their head that video games were trash because of E.T. and other games like that. Yeah. And people were like, why would I buy this? And they were expensive to make and whatnot. And it wasn't revived until Japan stepped in mm-hmm. and put the Nintendo Entertainment System over to the United States under the Trojan horse of it being a toy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. Because of Rob. We actually bought one of those, didn't we? We did. We bought the Trojan horse. We bought Rob <laughs> very expensively. And uh, Does he play well? No. He needs some work. <laughs> Dang. But he'll be covered in another video game, Asbel Nintendo next season we're gonna we're, next season will be filled with a lot of nes talk mm. I'll, I'll give you that and a lot of sega talk because atari sega. this episode is de- dedicated to you atari we talked about centipede and asteroids and breakout they're like arcade hits now we're talking about atari 2600 but as of right now this is as far as i plan on going with atari this is the last straw Unless there are some major Atari fans out there who want more Atari. And by the way, Seth Atari, mm. uh, that Atari has no relation to the other Atari. That's just my name. Um, that's his, my middle name. His birthright name? 
Yes. It is. <laughs> um, so, yeah. This has been our Atari 2600 episode. Pitfall. E.T. Any last uh, comments on these games? Also flavored? Um, I think... I think E.T. would have been 10 times more better had they had more time to fix all the bugs that it has. Honestly. It... It has it's, so much potential. Yeah, the idea of it, you know, it's, it's smart. It's like, you know, it's a thinking type of game, ironically. For... It could have been better than Pitfall. It could have been better mm-hmm. than a lot of stuff that exists. It's the idea of these symbols doing different things and the energy meter. Instead of like a timer, you have the energy, you know, and so, yeah, it could different. have been like a good speed running game. I think if they just took out the hidden pitfalls of the game yeah or wells or whatever they are and people could like speed run trying to find the landing zone and the space invader thing Mm -hmm. that that you know and they and avoid the avoid the scientists avoid the uh the other guy and you don't have to worry about falling in a pitfall or whatever i think that alone would have made this like a way better game and it probably but you know i'm rooting for it i'm rooting for its potential it's a canon event and there's a, you know, the most respectful A for effort grade ever. But, yeah, it's unfortunate that it wasn't able to go further than it could have. And it's kind of like history's repeating itself now, but not as bad mm. with companies mm. and their deadlines. Mm. Yeah. Looking at you, game freak and Pokemon. <laughs> you got to give things time. You got to let it cook. <sighs> I will give my Pokemon opinion whenever Pokemon games start popping up well, a little bit more. Well, we're going to start from the beginning, so that's when all the creative juices were flowing still. Yeah, that. I'm sure those were, you know, everything was original and awesome. So, yeah. I'll, I'll probably have to start playing the game, I guess. I have to you play along. I have to. to. I do have chose to. chose this life. The whole reason you got this podcast going. <laughs> I can finally start <laughs> having to play the games. Uh, yep, no, this was just a trick to get you to play games. <laughs> Nathan, for you, elaborate trick. <laughs> How much money do you spend on this trick? How much money did I spend on this trick? <laughs> what episode was it? Nathan, for you, he spent 130000 No, three hundred. it was like 300000 200000 No, 350000 No, it was like three fifty. It was like 350000 um, Which one was it? Oh I don't know. We just gosh. watched it. it was really funny, just, I hate when I can't figure out what it is. And it's so That's funny. been the episode, guys. But... We're going off on too far. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. You know, welcome back. We'll be back. We'll be consistent. Little that was E.T. E.T. E. Bobblehead. Bobblehead figure um, wants to say goodbye to. There'll be a little picture on Instagram of my little setup here of all my uh, <laughs> little stuff that I got. My little knickknacks and my little Atari stuff. You got to leave so your check it out. Uh, so Wait, check us out on, on a, why is um, King K. Rool King K. Rool is here because of the crocodiles and Pitfall um, <laughs> why didn't you tell me that it's so funny I love that <laughs> it looks like you go on YouTube and look up Seth Atari and like um, the comment that says mine's better on the Luigi's Mansion video <laughs> and uh, support that person's channel and then follow us on Seth Atari Pod on Instagram. And that's kind of all I do on socials. You want to plug anything Alyssa flavored? Um, I have one whole post on my TikTok. (laughs) 
And um, no, I don't really, I don't post very much either. Yeah, we we need, but, email us at thetaripod at gmail.com if you want us to do a TikTok channel. I really feel like only one person would ask and I'm mad about it. I <laughs> really, oh, no, no, it no. All, it's all it takes is one. No. That's been the episode. See you guys later. Okay, bye. <laughs>